Welcome to Rockcast AD. I'm your host, Doug, and it has been a week, so here we are again. Uh, admittedly, I'm recording this the day it's supposed to be released because my schedule has been kind of all over the place. Uh, we're almost through the woods on that one, though. Uh, this is the time of year where, with my position at my job, I never know if I'm going to be done at noon or 6 p.m., 8 p.m. Haven't had to be out until 8 p.m. Uh, this holiday season, but the latest was 6.30. And that, the the only reason I'm bringing this up is <clears throat> it, it is unraveling me a little bit because, you know, it's one thing to go ahead and create a to-do list, but if you're not getting home until 7 o'clock at night, how much of that to-do list are you really going to get done? And uh, then on the flip side, after a few days of getting done around, you know, say you start at 8 in the morning and you get no breaks because there's no time for breaks. I've, I've had people bring up, like, well, that's illegal. You're supposed to get a break. Yeah, you're supposed to get a break. But if there is not enough time for you to take a break because then you're going to miss the outgoing mail truck, how are you supposed to take a break? You know, there, I could get, go into detail on that uh, specific topic, but it, it's really not worth getting into. It's kind of boring in itself, but let's take it from somebody who's been doing the job for the past three years. There are many times where taking a break means you're not going to get your outgoing mail on the truck. So it's just sometimes better to not take a break at all. But so working 8 a.m. to, say, 6 p.m. without a break and then coming home, <clears throat> you obviously don't have much time to tackle that honeydew list. But then on the flip side, after a few days in a row of working 9 or 10 hours without a break, I get to my usual day where I, I'm home by noon and... I now feel really tired, like I could use a nap. So, I mean, where do you find the motivation to finally get that list tackled after, you know, consecutive days of being a slave to Uncle Sam, essentially? Ooh, black silk coffee. I like the dark coffee. But I'm too cheap to buy the gourmet coffee, so Folgers Black Silk it is. <clears throat> but uh, yesterday I finally did um, find some time to get going on the household. Admittedly, the household's been slipping a little bit. I've been letting myself go. I put on like 10 pounds this holiday season. And that's an interesting concept uh, because I'm finally old enough where things, uh, it's almost like black witchcraft, you know, things are coming back on me threefold. And so like those days where, you know, I'm in the vehicle from basically 7.30 in the morning until 7 o'clock at night, you know, you feel exhausted, you're mentally exhausted, your body's kind of sore, but in all reality, that's more or less the lactic acid built up in the body that makes you feel sore. And you didn't burn nearly as many calories throughout the day sitting in the passenger side of your vehicle. I mean, you are going ahead and getting out of the vehicle and 
you know, maybe walking 50 yards one way to deliver a parcel. I mean, when you do that 75 times per day, you're still getting some activity, but you're not getting, it's not consistent. You're not doing high intensity interval training. You're not getting your heart rate up above 125. If you are, I think you need to see a doctor, but walking 50 yards at a time, you're not really doing as much as you think or as much as you feel you did by the time you get home. And so, admittedly, uh, with with the holiday season and basically being one of Santa's elves, uh, I'm, I'm gaining weight, <laughs> which I do not like. I'm already past the threshold where things start to feel uncomfortable. So, got to get my head out of my ass and get going on that correctly. Get get back to that that target weight and get going on the household again. And so yesterday was a very good start for that. Uh, my wife had gotten a new island for the kitchen because, admittedly, we were just using. Uh, a cheap entertainment stand as an island in our kitchen. And don't judge, goddammit. We're working poor, we're frugal, and sometimes you just use what you've got. You know? So, had to put together a Costco island uh, with my wife at work, so I had all three kids. Granted, the two older ones did help me put the island together for a while, the middle son then decided that he wanted to take a break, and apparently taking a break means done doing this. <laughs> Can't blame him, he's seven, like he wants to sit down and assemble basically furniture. Uh, but the older son and I, we uh, we got it all put together. I mean, we're we're two days out from Christmas, and the house is nowhere near where we want it to be. Because this week, Christmas Day, is my only day off. And I'm somebody who can't exactly sit down and relax if things, like if the house is not clean. You know, if there's dishes in the sink, the laundry hamper's full, the floors need to be swept and mopped, things need to be dusted, things need to be picked up, organized, put away. It's just that's too much, and it's it's not like I'm giving myself anxiety, but there is much more peace of mind when you're able to sit down in a clean environment. And so, not knowing when I'm able to get home from work, and then having to, you know, basically um, find the subsequent motivation to follow through on some of the plans that have kept getting put on the back burner is a struggle in itself as well. So the only thing harder than trying to get things done when you're not even home to do them is to get home and feel like you're exhausted enough that you don't have the motivation or willpower to get them done. It's not necessarily, well, to some degree, willpower. (sighs) But here we are. Two more very questionable days. You know, when will I get done? How much are we going to face here? Then one day of Christmas, one day to be off. So regardless of what my schedule is today and tomorrow, I have to get home from work and start forging ahead 
on getting this house situated so it's at least clean enough that I'm able to make my family a th- uh, Thanksgiving, wow, a Christmas dinner, that it's clean enough that I can feel content sitting down and I'm not going to see my toddler's snack crumbs all over the floor. I mean, right now we have a TV on our dining room table. And that's because that TV is supposed to go in one of our kids' bedrooms, but they have most of their clothes pile, clothes piled on their dresser, and that's where the TV's supposed to go. So looking for a little cooperation from my children. My wife is still working 12s. We both work Christmas Eve. She's working a 12 on Christmas Eve. And so more of the, as I've discussed uh, way back in episode one in the new uh, incarnation of Rawcast AD, you know, I'm kind of a house dad. My wife works more than me. She brings home more bacon than me. You know, I pay the mortgage and then have to handle my own bills, such as uh, vehicle payment, which we've, which I've talked about before. It's really awesome. Have the nicest vehicle I've owned so far since getting my driver's license, since my first car. Nicest vehicle I've ever owned. Um, have a sizable car payment on it just to use that vehicle to make money. So I'm pounding it into the ground faster than I'm paying it off. That's the nature of the beast. <clears throat> but then, as I in, we we've already uh, discussed in the Outlook juggle last week's episode that pretty soon I'm not going to be using my personally owned vehicle to do my job, as the post office will be providing a nice Mercedes Metris, a rear wheel drive cargo van, and that is a blessing and a curse in itself because. You know, we're now going to see my income get adjusted to the point where um, I'm going to have a budget shortfall. So we're going to be having to tap into savings to make ends meet until we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm, I'm just hoping that it's not a train attached to the light at the end of the tunnel heading my way. But I'm also not thinking about it too much. Uh... Being here now, making sure that you live in the moment, it it can tax you mentally. I mean, you're better off in the long run, but it does tax you mentally. Because being in the moment, you know, I'm out on the road till 7 o'clock at night. You know, it, it doesn't matter what's going on over here. It doesn't matter what happened earlier in the day. What matters is what I'm doing right now. And so then... You can't help it. By the time you get home and you realize, I haven't eaten anything yet today. It's 7 o'clock at night. Uh, it, it really throws off your body. And so you, in, I, I like to intermittent, I do the intermittent fasting. So, you know, I, I just basically skip breakfast. I really don't feel good if I eat breakfast. However, when... You don't have time and your hands get filthy because UP, I don't care if it's UPS, FedEx, or the Postal Service, mail and parcels are dirty as hell. And so there's no good way, you know, if I, if I don't really have time to take a break, how the fuck am I going to be able to, in between mailboxes or between parcel deliveries, sanitize my hands and eat a sandwich? It's just not going to happen. 
So mentally, I'm kind of keeping myself here, but I, f- I feel like I'm winning the individual daily battles, but I'm slowly losing the war as my house slowly gets more and more dirty, as my waistline expands <laughs> fractions of an inch per day. But I'll get it together. The light at the end of the tunnel for the holiday season is coming up. You know, I, two more questionable days. Today, the 23rd, the 24th is going to be questionable. Like, it, it all comes down to how much gets dumped into our office. That'll determine how long our day will be. Off for Christmas. And then the mail never stops. So even when there's a holiday, there's still mail moving through the system, which means Saturday could potentially be a nightmare scenario. Then off Sunday again, and then Monday starts the, I don't know, is it going to be a super light day? Or is it going to be a normal COVID parcel day? What's going on? So looking forward to getting through these next two days and really putting my nose to the grindstone to get the house all cleaned up to where I feel comfortable. You know, I want I want home to feel like home this Christmas, not make it feel like it's a, an apartment that we subleased to somebody while we were away working too many hours. We'll get there, though. We will get there. And the, the one day at a time, the one moment at a, at the at a time. Uh, wasn't going to do the Porky Pig because I can't do that one. He's got like an extra bounce. I can't do it. <laughs> but no, I'm very much tired. And I don't really have anything specific. It's I wanted to continue reading the Ethan Nickturn uh, book that I'm working on. The, I mean, he's written many books and the name escapes me for the moment. Um, but basically his in- introduction to Shambhala Buddhism... But the the most I've been able to do, uh, because people may think that the postal service, you know, you mail carriers, you're just driving around delivering mail out your window all day. But I mean, you have to know the, the streets, the numbers, the people who live there, and then when you when you have to remember a hundred parcels a day too. Like, oh, there's Jim. Jim had two large parcels today. Um, oh, you know, now you got Brenda. Brenda had two small parcels and one large. Um, just got a text message and my butthole kind of clenched up. It puckered because I was like, oh, no, if my, if my boss is messaging me an hour and a half before I do my route already, that means that there's a a big problem that's going to have me out until later this evening. Oh, yeah, one more issue with uh, being a delivery driver out at night. I I don't know how it would be for, like, UPS, FedEx, DHL, Speedy, any of those guys, because they are just going to specific homes, um, whereas uh, coffee burp, excuse me, Whereas mail carriers are basically stopping at every mailbox. Uh, it's very difficult when the sun goes down, so it's night, it's dark out, and you're trying to assist a fellow employee by driving the, the route ahead of them to collect the outgoing mail. 
You know, you try driving from the passenger seat down a country road looking for flags that are up <laughs> at like six o'clock at night in the winter. It's just, it, it's, it's not the easiest of tasks, shall we say. But, uh, I find myself in a bind, um, because with what the postal service does or provides every December, and then later on, you know, we're at the mercy of the Wisconsin winter weather. So, I mean, we could go back to where I reasonably could be done by noon each day, noon, one, two o'clock, you know, at least getting done before my wife needs to go to work. So then I'm able to get home so she doesn't have to take the kids to a sitter or anything like that. <clears throat> but I'm at the mercy of the weather. So if all of a sudden we get freezing rain, uh, like say on a Sunday night, Monday is going to be absolutely awful because now we're going to have twice the volume to deliver and we're going to be driving at less than half the speed because there's a quarter inch of ice on the roads. And so I, I'm not feeling desperate to leave the Postal Service, but I'm entertaining the notion more and more. Is I don't find the job to be that fulfilling anymore. Even when COVID-19 hit and the Wisconsin issued the st uh, Safer at Home order back in March, <clears throat> I, I felt a, a little bit of pride. I mean, I, I'll call it pride because I'm not exactly sure what it was. It, it felt a little more fulfilling to do my job because knowing that you know people were ordering more rather than going to the stores to be safer at home, I was like, well, we're kind of doing our part to hopefully slow the spread of this thing. But then you had the anti-maskers who are typically pro-Trump who basically helped spread this thing. You had young people who were like, oh, well, it's not going to affect me. I mean, what it came down to was you had uh, a bunch of demographics who basically played the selfish card in continuing the spread of this. And then on top of that, you know, I was expecting us as postal workers to kind of be delivering more of the essentials to these people who are stuck at home. You know, I was expecting to be delivering Colgate, delivering Charmin, you know, in some cases delivering food. <clears throat> but what I didn't expect was all of the crap. It seemed like what people were getting bored at home, so they were just ordering whatever fucking struck their fancy on Amazon. And so, I mean, why around... December 6th, am I having to get out of my car to deliver a fly swatter because it won't fit in a mailbox? That's just one example. We've, you know, there, there's been tons and tons of things that just make you go, what the fuck? Is this really necessary? Like, I'm somebody who really understands that at least as it pertains to my own life, the difference between needs and wants. And 
I'm not one to judge another person's lifestyle, but it did kind of make me disappointed that, you know, we didn't really see it in our area, but hearing, you know, hearing people talk about how postal workers were heroes because they were, you know, helping consumers, you know, continue to maintain their lifestyles during the uh, pandemic precautions and really all it was is just we were fulfilling silly wants for people and so like the the like pride the there there was no pride there was no honor in it it was just getting completely screwed over bent over backwards by the postal service having to carry and deliver twice as much as usual for the same pay. And and then with the post office trying to cut me in the neighborhood of like 3 to 600 dollars a month cutting it right out of my income starting middle of January. It's just I know we can adjust and handle it. But I make over $19 an hour. And so I'm finding myself stuck, I think. Because I'm not actively looking for a new job, but with a liberal arts degree in arts management, a field which has arguably died thanks to the internet. Don't get me wrong, the internet has helped people who otherwise had no avenues before. They've, they've been given lanes to be able to create their own art. But now it's gone into, like, because of the nature of the internet, it has allowed everybody to get their start. And it's essentially killed uh, my career path for arts management. So, tell me, in central Wisconsin, what sort of job can I get without going back to school where I'm going to have similar hours as I do now, or at least more than enough to justify getting a babysitter for my kids? I just, I don't see it. The majority of the job boards, the best I'm seeing is $13 an hour. I mean, there were a few jobs that were 14 to 16, but it's, I'm looking for a little upward mobility, not taking a step back to reevaluate. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a few months shy of turning 32 and I, I'm, not even in a position to have investments or, I mean, other than uh, the mortgage on my house, you know, that's the closest thing to an investment, but I don't own stocks. I don't own bonds. Um, I don't have a 401k at this point in time because the, you know, I'm not considered a full-time employee with the postal service, so I don't have access to their thrift savings plan. So, I mean, I have a savings account that I'm putting towards retirement, but that's slow going. And on the verge of losing 
a decent chunk of change from the post office as soon as they tell me to stop using my personally owned vehicle for the job. Uh, it's going to be much more difficult to be saving for retirement. How are you going to uh, how are you going to contribute to a retirement savings account if you're going to have a budget shortfall? It's just <laughs> so these aren't things that are causing me anxiety or anything like that. It's just thoughts to ponder because. Part of me is considering opening up and looking elsewhere for work. But then part of me feels stuck because where else am I going to make over $19 an hour? You know, if I, if I go ahead and take a $13 an hour job at 40 hours a week, I'm not necessarily going to be any better off than I am right now. So it's a question of do I just take the lump and keep my head down and keep grinding away, waiting for that next retirement so I can get moved up to full time? Because we're 18 to 24 months away. I mean, as far as people's planning has gone. Uh, so 18 to 24 months is the expected window for the next retirement that's going to lead to my opportunity for a full-time career route. And another question is, can my family survive 18 to 24 months with the budget shortfall until that opportunity presents itself? You know, the days of the Postal Service being the golden ticket to the middle-class life, those are gone, folks. The post office always wonders why they have such high turnover, and it's because they hire part-timers with no benefits, their only benefit being, I have a job, and then the management whores these people out, these subs, and so it's much harder, in my opinion, to be a sub for the Postal Service than it is to be a full-time career person. Because a full-time career employee has one route that they have to worry about. So they're doing the same route day in, day out. They're able to get to know the nuances of the route. They go, it's easier to deliver the parcel first and then the mail here, blah, 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 blah. Like they're... they're I don't have a good example for it, but then you're getting to know the people who live there. So you'd be surprised at how often we get junk mail for somebody that hasn't lived at this residence for 10 years, and then we have to do something else with it because it's not supposed to get delivered. A full-time career employee is going to know the ins and outs and the nuances of these routes, whereas the sub who has been trained on three routes in this office, two routes in the neighboring office, two routes in the in the adjacent office, and then two counties over, they've done four routes, and then another county over, they've done five routes over there. That's a lot more to juggle. You're creating more opportunities for mistakes, which are then going to be detrimental to the local perception of the postal reputation. But so when you're going to go ahead and take this sub... And basically work them seven days a week because Monday they need to be 
at an office in Marathon County. Tuesday, Wednesday, they need to be at an office in Portage County. Thursday, they're going to be at an office in Wapaka County. And then Friday, they're going to be in Wood County. Saturday, so far, they're planning on having the day off, but then they get a phone call that they're needed in Wapaka County again. And then Portage County is going to want them to run Amazon on Sunday. Where does it end? You know, if I think the average time to go from part-time employee to a full-time career driver is probably in the neighborhood of seven or eight years. I mean, that's just a spitball estimate based on, you know, how things have gone in other offices as well as my own. But so when you're forcing these people to learn, like each route is its own job. You know, it's not like, oh, you're a mail carrier, so go carry the mail. Each route is its own job. So, like, you may not be, you don't know the route. You don't know the case, and the case is where we organize the mail. Uh, so if you don't know the route, don't know the case, it's, it's a much higher stress situation than the full-time career employee driving that route themselves. But so where, like I said, whereas the full-time career carrier has to perform the one route and basically become a master of that route, there might be five or six subs that know how to do that route because they in turn have to know about six, seven, eight, a dozen other routes in other offices. So tell me, how do you not expect high turnover when the backbone of your entire operation is subs who don't have as many union rights as the full-time career carriers, and then you're basically putting them in the meat grinder, chewing them up, spitting them out. I mean, after a few years, when you've gone through multiple vehicles, you've been pushing off doctor's appointments, dentist appointments, because... You know, your hours aren't guaranteed. So, yeah, you may have an extra $2,000 in the account right now, but you have to keep that there because if the engine blows, if the tranny drops, if you are if you blow a tire, there's various things that can go wrong with a vehicle that, and it can quickly rack up. So it, imagine that as a sub. You know, it's harder for you to get a loan because on paper, you don't have guaranteed hours. Sure, you can show them their paychecks, and if basically you've been going like a bat out of hell for at least nine months, sure, you can get an auto loan. Uh, mortgage might be kind of tough, because again, you don't have any hours on paper, like guaranteed hours. And most most subs on paper are only guaranteed the one day per week that they're supposed to sub for their full-time carrier. They are the leave replacement. So yeah, the basically the backbone of the entire operation are these people that just flit around from office to office to office depending on the day and busting their asses to make sure the job gets done, you know, just to not enjoy vacation time, to not be able to have a personal life because they're at they're basically on call all the time for the post office. So of course, of course you're going to have high turnover. 
when the hardest working people are the people that stand to benefit the the least out of the entire crew and they, they can never be guaranteed a day off i mean part of it comes down to your manager and i'm i have to say i have a very good manager tough but fair and i appreciate my boss other offices aren't so lucky And so that's another reason that I feel stuck is because I'm a month shy from three years in at the post office. So though at the end of the day, at the end of life, those three years don't exactly mean much, but that's, that's in a sense, being a union job, three years of seniority is equity. I'm number two on the waiting list for a full-time career route. And as of January 15th, another route, full-time route, is going up for bid, which uh, the odds are very much stacked against me. It just doesn't make sense, like I talked about in the Outlook Juggle last week's episode. So I'm probably going to be... I'm. 99% sure that I'm going to be stuck um, as a part-time carrier on an aux route for another 18 to 24 months. But then as soon as that route is filled, uh, basically by, by my estimates, I'd say middle of February, I move from second on the waiting list to first in line. So that, that's the thing is like, I've got this, equity in my seniority where I'm going to be first in line for a full-time route. And it, it it's almost like you're waiting in line to get into the movie theater to buy your tickets. It's premiere night, right? You know, so just as you get up to the ticket or the box office and you're next in line, but basically the person in front of you paid in pennies. So, you know, the, the, the employee is counting out the pennies and be like, just be with you in just a moment. And then you're just, you're first in line. You're like, ah, well, I've already waited three years to see this movie and now I'm going to walk away. So that's what makes me feel kind of stuck is I don't take pride in my work. I don't necessarily find it uh, to bring any joy. It's more or less embracing the suck on a daily basis but can I leave? Would it be responsible, a responsible decision? And I can't even necessarily say, would it be good for the family? Because I, I know at the end of the day, it's, it's not going to be good for me to basically switch jobs and start from scratch again. If I spent three years waiting in line to buy my ticket for the movie... I might as well go on into the building and buy popcorn and have a seat and wait for it to start. So I very much do feel stuck because of the financial needs of my family. And so it's something to ponder. I find myself in a position where I am not actively looking for a new job. I don't feel any sort of desperation or motivation to jump ship, but it's not necessarily a bad thing for me to keep my eye out to see if something that I will truly enjoy 
and will give my wife and I the peace of mind that next month we're not going to get hit and possibly lose our house. And so for the people that listen to this, if uh, you're aware of any opportunities either in central Wisconsin or allowing remote access, uh, feel free to hit me up at rawcastad at gmail.com. I do check that periodically. So somebody did email me the other day, Jordan. I did get your phone number, so I didn't text you back yet. It's the holiday season, and I'm a mail carrier. So it's a it's the frazzly time of year. But that was just an update I wanted to give you guys. It's straying more and more away from what I wanted Rawcast to focus on. But unfortunately, that's what we're looking at with this time of year. It is the holiday season. Hopefully, 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 the rest of this week goes well enough that I am able to sit down and continue absorbing Ethan Nickturn's uh, contemporary discussion or explanation of the Shambhala Buddhist sect. And so hopefully the episode that comes out on December 30th will be more about Buddhism, peace of mind, and, you know, getting back into the philosophy and layman psychology, that is where I want to go with this, because I find the more I consume, uh, we are what we eat, I guess is what I'll say. And so, you know, if you're taking in junk food all the time, like, yes, you're going to get fat, you're going to be unhealthy, it's going to fuck with your brain, so it's going to be a bad time all around. Um, but if you're eating healthy, you're going to get thinner. If you're working out, you're going to get more fit. You know, you're going to feel better. You're going to think better. And so right now, with not with only being able to, like, consume the radio, I'm not somebody that can basically bring an audio book along on the road because you get out for a parcel. What are you going to do, pause it each time? That's just That's one more thing to juggle when you're out on winter roads delivering the mail and Amazon. So... Uh, I find that my brain operates better, obviously, with a healthy, balanced diet, which not eating for 24 hours isn't, you know, when it's when it's not a planned fast, not eating for 24 hours can actually throw the mind and body for a loop. But then not being able to continue consuming um, topics of the mind like I said, psychology and philosophy. Uh, you, if you don't use it, you lose it kind of thing. And so drifting away from this, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. I feel like I'm missing out, but I'll get back on track. You know, it's just a matter of time. This is that the unpredictable time of year where you just have to roll with the punches and you never know when you're going to get home. But the important part is that you do everything you can to ensure that by the end of the day, you are in fact arriving home. There's a lot of dangers out there for people in my line of work. Uh, yesterday, one of my colleagues was filling a mailbox on the side of a highway and a distracted driver who was on their cell phone sideswiped her. And so you never know 
you can be filling a mailbox, putting the mail in a small parcel from Amazon, like here's your new hairbrush, and you're all you're thinking about is getting to that next mailbox, and now you're not going anywhere except the morgue. And so that's that's another thing to consider, especially on these winter roads. And so each day that I do arrive home, I am still grateful. I'm finding gratitude in that, coming home to see my children. But I, at the same time, I do feel stuck. Interesting how there's a balance there where you can see both the good and the bad, but accept them both for what they are. So next week, hopefully we're back on track. Other than that, I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday season. I believe Hanukkah's behind us, Kwanzaa's behind us, I think. I, I don't remember the date of Kwanzaa. Uh, Christmas is still coming up. So happy Yule, everybody. And we'll check back in before the new year. <sighs> Just had to sneak that final burp in there. Yep, it is time for me to go write a few thank you cards to some customers and get my ass out on the road to go deliver mail. Hopefully it's a light day. Hopefully on the 30th we're talking about Shambhala Buddhism a little bit more. And with that, Merry Christmas, Happy Yule, and see you next week, folks.